into all of the nooks and crannies of creativity with a variety of people who use creativity professionally to see how they do what they do. And um, episode five today, I'm going to dive into my conversation with uh, Hannah Huber, who is an American author living just outside of Amsterdam. And I recorded this episode just after she had released her debut novel, place. And um, that conversation turned out to be a really interesting one because Hannah is not an established writer. Nobody knows her as that kind of a human being. But she decided that she was going to finally make good on that lifelong dream and take action to make it happen. And that alone for me is just so inspirational. I think books are things that a lot of people say they are going to write one day. And the percentage of people who actually get around to doing it is minute. So the fact that Hannah actually started and finished a book in itself is remarkable. That she then had the capacity and the imagination to get it edited, get a cover designed, get it printed and make an EPUB version of it and actually put it out into the world as both a physical and a digital book is in itself really inspiring. It, you know, it just shows you what you can actually do once you take the first step. And so, you know, what is so special about Hannah that she gets to write a novel? Well, you know, the answer that she gave is, was, was brilliant. She said that quite simply, she believes that everybody has a story to tell and that everybody should just do it. And I, of course, really uh, believe in that as well. You know, I think that it's not important if what you're writing about has kind of been done by someone famous before. I think that puts a lot of people off. Um, you know, it's your point of view. It's your story. So that diversity of point of view is in itself actually valuable to an audience. So don't let that stop you. And then, you know, if you just write about what you're interested in, what your story is, your writing will be infused with a level of passion and authenticity that is unmistakable and that is actually very engaging for readers. So I don't think that it's important that you have got some kind of a qualification or a track record as a writer to embark on writing a book. I believe what is important is that you start to write the book. The second really important thing that Hannah touched on during her interview was her team. And wow, what a lot of information came out in this interview about that. You know, Hannah is totally open about the fact that there basically wouldn't be a book uh, and that the book that it now exists could not have existed without her team of supporters, which you know were both uh, emotional and practical supporters. And I think this is not a way that many high creatives talk about their process. It's very much, I did this and I did that, and encourages this kind of ivory tower myth of the creative genius isolated in their tower. And nothing 
could be further from the truth. And I was so pleased that Hannah d chose to dive into this aspect of her process during this interview. Now, this idea of having a team is something that I've been talking about for years. In fact, I have a whole keynote presentation called the Rockstar Rules, and one of the rules is build a team. So, of course, from my own selfish point of view, I found it fantastic that Hanno uh, was going to mention that. But it's also backed up by really solid research done by an American author called Alan Gannett, and he published a book um, in about 2020 called The Creative Curve, where based on his quite far-ranging interviews with people who are creative in a number of different industries, he was able to establish that basically anyone who is a creative on a, in an ongoing way, in other words, it's part of their professional activity, they have a community around them which consists of four different types of people. And so Alan Gannett has, master, uh, has identified these four types as a master teacher, a conflicting collaborator, a modern muse, and a prominent promoter. Now, I touched on this idea in my interview with uh, Verity Price when she talked about her support structure, but I thought now is a really good time to deep dive into it because Hannah Huber really, really emphasized how important her community and her team was to her during her interview. So let's go into it. You know, Alan Gannett's master teacher, um, it's not that you need to have uh, Mr. Mayogi in your life so that you can become the karate kid, but rather that you need to have someone in your orbit, in your network that you have regular access to, who knows what they're doing, who's walked this walk before, who can give you experience, professional insight, and guide you along the way. You know, a master teacher could be a mentor at work, it could be a coach, I guess. But it could just as easily be a YouTube channel from someone who's really famous at doing what you want to do that inspires you and provides you with insights and resources so you can up your skills and continue to go further. But the one thing that Mr. Gannett found is that no matter where he looked, from business to academia to sports to arts, everybody who was consistently successful with creativity had a master teacher in their life. And... It's quite interesting because when I ask that question to people, it's quite obvious that not many people have a master teacher. And Hannah did. You know, She had these amazing people that she did workshops with, that she mentored with, who were her first readers, who gave a lot of input. And I think that really, really helped her. The second essential member of your creative community, according to Alan Gannett, is that you must have a conflicting collaborator. And this is so important. <laughs> Not someone who just goes, oh, man, that's wonderful. Woo, you're so good. Whoop, 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 a cheerleader. That's great. We're going to come to that in a moment. But it's actually more important for a creative human being to be challenged, to have their point of view questioned, for someone to say, yeah, that looks pretty good, but have you considered the following? Or, hey, there's a contradiction in that argument. You know, where are you going with that? Or, actually, you're repeating yourself. Um, if you look at 20th century art, you know, all of the big art movements had communities, the modernists, the impressionists, the progressives, the futurists, and they didn't all get along. In fact, you know, they're pretty well known for having fought like cat and dog. And it's not a coincidence that those were hugely productive um, kind of cabals of artists because they were constantly pushing and challenging each other. No one dared fall into a rut because they knew they were going to be called out by the other members of the group 
So a conflicting collaborator is really good. You know, this is why hiring for cultural fit in companies is so dangerous because you have so little in the way of conflicting collaborators. You tend to end up with a bunch of yes men who've been educated the same way, come from the same socio-political background, trained the same way, and tend to think the same way. The third pillar of Alan Gannett's creative community is the modern muse. I always kind of laugh when introducing this one because one of the things I always say is that there are no muses with creativity. There's not some beautiful Greek woman hanging around in the clouds waiting to touch you on the head and inspire you. But inspiration is incredibly important in ongoing creativity. I, in my life, kind of identify my sense of purpose as my modern muse. It's the thing that allows me, after a really bad day, to wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I'm carrying on. I know why I'm doing this. I have inspiration from my purpose in life. And for a lot of people, that's because they're emulating a role model uh, or they are doing something for a family member or somebody who really helped them in the past. It doesn't really matter. But it's very important for you to have in your community, in your immediate environment and a source of inspiration, a renewable source of inspiration that can keep you going. And then the last part of Alan Gannett's creative community is a prominent promoter. And when I read this book, I actually got a bit of a fright because I realized that I don't think I've ever had a prominent promoter, mainly because I'm probably always too busy promoting the hell out of myself. I don't really leave much space for someone else, but it's really given me pause for thought. A prominent promoter is somebody who recognizes your value and what you're doing and goes out of their way to put your case forward, to introduce you to important people, to help smooth the path towards success for you. And I think in Hannah's case, that role is played by a number of individuals around her. You know, she's well supported by her family, by her husband, uh, because of her work with the Spark Women's Conference in Amsterdam. There are a lot of people who just love her and want to help her and have gone out of their way to support her and to spread the word of her book. Um, so the prominent promoter, I think, is traditionally understood as being one person, a big, almost like a, you know, a bands have a manager, someone who runs out there and uses their connections to connect you to the outside world and to get you business. But it could also be a network of people who are engaged in that activity on an ongoing basis. And so you can see from this deep dive into what Hannah said that it's a really important thing to think about. And I think it's one where a lot of people get a little bit stuck. You know, I touched on it at the beginning of this discussion that there are so many myths about isolation and um, you know, separation from society when it comes to being really creative. But the science shows that that's just complete rubbish, that what happens, especially in the modern world, that if you isolate yourself from society, you reduce your inputs, your stimulations, and your possible inspirations, and you basically become irrelevant to what is happening around you. And so Gannett's discovery that around people who are consistently creative is an engaged community is actually quite unsurprising when you view this creative myth from that point of view. Of course, there must be a community. Otherwise, these creators would be isolated and they would very quickly become irrelevant. 
that kind of isolation might have been okay like in the 1700s when nothing really changed. But in the 21st century where change is going at light speed, the moment you disengage, you fall behind. And that is where your community is invaluable to keep you inspired, to keep you on track, and to keep you going. And this applies whether you're an entrepreneur. Wow, how important for an entrepreneur. Can you imagine a prominent promoter, a master teacher, a conflicting collaborator to make sure you don't overinvest in stupid things? <laughs> it's just fantastic. Or an inventor or a business person who has, he has a job or indeed an artist. It doesn't really matter. So if you're feeling a bit stuck, I suggest that you have a good look at your community. And think about Alan Gannett's uh, four pillars of a creative community. I'll repeat them again so that you can remember. Master teacher, conflicting collaborator, modern news, and prominent promoter. Do you have all four? Possibly one of the reasons why you're so stuck is that you are lacking one of those four pillars, and that by investing your time and energy in developing that area of your life, the rewards may be unexpected and big. Uh, and if you do have all of those pillars, it might be a good idea to let those people know that that's how you see them, to bring them into the fold, as it were, um, to allow you to carry on with what you're doing. So in our interview with me, Hannah talked about a lot more than just this, but I just found this a really important and inspiring thing to talk about today. If you want to watch the rest of Hannah's interview, the link is, of course, here in the show notes. Feel free, knock yourself out. And don't forget, please, if you've enjoyed this deep dive into the importance of creative communities, please hit the like button, even better, the subscribe button, and share the episode with your friends. <laughs> I'll be back soon with a new interview as well as a new deep dive episode. So in the meantime, don't forget to get out there, break some rules, reject your programming, and get creating. <laughs>